483 majority concurring and dissenting opinions. Justice Ginsburg's contributions as advocate, jurist, and citizen are immeasurable. We at the court will remember her as a dear friend and a treasured colleague. After two weeks of delays due to bad weather. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition, lift off. A nice night tonight and beautiful day. Starting in the morning tomorrow, but higher humidity then gradually throughout the rest of the week. The early morning starts off 60s to a high to the upper 70s to near 80. But by Wednesday, it's low to mid 80s under a partly cloudy afternoon after 60s again for the morning. Thursday, we could begin to see some tropical influence from the impacts of what is likely to become Hurricane Delta. Now that tropical depression in the Caribbean. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th, visit SlidellAntiques.com. City here in New Orleans. Hi, I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Marianne is here. Hey! And uh, so is the dog and the cats. And we're out here in, uh, in uh, on the other side of the canal. And uh, here we are getting ready to talk to you about where you had, what you had for dinner, what you're thinking for dinner tonight. If you want to make an evening of it and enjoy yourself tonight or this day for lunch, if you're that hungry. I'd uh, love to hear from you. The phone number is... 5569696. Uh, we'll get it. And and we'd love to have you over here, too. And that uh, includes anything on your mind. If you have something that is uh, just swirling around in the top of your head, you're not sure what it's about, uh, call us. Uh, if we don't know, we'll find somebody who does and then uh, enjoy it. Uh, you don't know, Tom? Another. You don't know? Well, There's uh, a general conception that you know everything. Well, we can fool them for another day. My goodness. And uh, that's uh, what we'll be doing, and we'll write some new things, too. We gotta, I think you'll be intrigued by it. I and got an email. Not an email. Did? I got a, a, a panicked phone message. Panics? Panicked phone message from someone saying, really? I've been calling Tom, and he never answers his phone, which is true. Don't ever bother to call Tom. And, uh, and so I just want to take up five minutes of your time. I need, and I never did get what he needed. So I called him back and he said, oh, it's passed already. It was for yesterday. I needed to know of a place to go that was open on Monday with four attorneys. And I said, why didn't you call the show? That's what the show is for. So please, if you are texting or emailing or calling us personally, there's probably other people who would like to hear the question mm -hmm. and the answer. So call the show, 556-9696 is the number. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give you personal service. That's not a problem. It's just that I think there are other people who might benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds better. Mm -hmm. Have a talk show with callers. And uh, what is for you over at your house and in your car, wherever it is you're going, you're always widely open to talk about uh, th different things. 
Yeah, can we talk about what we did just? I'm becoming obsessed with the food we're eating. I mean, oh well, it is an like, obsession for I'm me. Become, I know, I know, and I see obsession. now how it became an obsession with you because I've just sort of gotten dragged into it. But um, but it really is uh, fascinating, and um, we had a great meal last night, which Tom is anxious to talk about. So go ahead and start. Mimi's. 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 We went to celebrate the introduction of the new chef, Philip Bucheri, down there. Bucheri. Bucheri. No, Bucheri. Bucheri. And uh, it's always great to go to Mimi's. I simply love the owners there. And uh, it's a warm and welcome. I mean, Chalmette, you're going to get a warm embrace, you know? You certainly do get that, too. Yeah. But you know what you get more than anything else? And this is what intrigues ooh, me ooh, the most. Ooh, ooh. See if you can guess. Great food. Great food. And I'm not <laughs> kidding around there. It is uh, really original and fantastic cooking local, mostly, although we have some from all over the rest of the place. We know where the good food is, and we'd love to put it out to you and have you join us over here. Uh, don't, the first don't chef there. The first chef there. These two people, and I've said this many times before, and I said it to them last night, and I just find it a fascinating phenomenon that these two people, Rayanne and Chuck Williams, who were in the flooring business and are still in the flooring business mm -hmm. in Chalmette, that and I've good. done very well with that, and that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, they um, they are they decided, and they looked for a long time because they used to go out and eat. And they used to go a lot to Tony Angelo's, and they kept asking Dale, who was a maitre d' at Tony Angelo's, about starting their own place. And like most mm -hmm. people do, well, you don't really know what you're getting into. It's a really hard business, and very few people make it, and blah, 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 blah. All of which is true. All of which is 100% true. But um, these two people are great front-of-the-house people. And they just, by sheer kismet, lucked into two great chefs. The first one was with them when they opened eight years ago. He was cooking at the Peninsula in Beverly Hills. I mean, this mm. is world-class dining no, here. Around. Okay. But he just happened to live around the corner with a girl from Chalmette that he met in Los Angeles who came to visit a friend. I mean, these are things that... You can't ever plan in life if they happen to you fantastic and it did happen to the Williamses so then COVID happens Lincoln the chef I was just talking about decides that he wants to spend more time with his children and he leaves but Kismet strikes again and uh, Philip Bucchetti who coincidentally lives right down the street from Lincoln is also married to a woman from Chalmette he uh, decides to leave NOLA, which when Emerald made the decision to permanently close Delmonico and NOLA is sort of in limbo, decided, okay, uh, there's Mimi's. I'm going to talk to them. And it was like, exit Lincoln, immediately enter Philip. So they've got two world-class chefs back to back. What's interesting about these two guys, though, is they, they have a very different style. Very, Very different much style. So. Yeah. And Philip, we had his food at NOLA right before COVID, and I was blown away by it. But it's very Louisiana, which is interesting because he's not from here. 
So, uh, but he is, he is all in on Louisiana. I think Lincoln's was a little less Louisiana and more, more, I won't say global, but just more, I don't know. I can't, I can't decide. Mm. I want to say, I want to say polished because, because uh, I kind of think it is. I it, think Philip's yeah. food goes straight to your heart and Lincoln's was more. That's a good word. Sophisticated. I think that captures it. Like last night, the menu was very deliciously Louisiana. It had sophistication to it, but it was really mm -hmm. Deliciously Louisiana. Oh, you can get darn near perfect with Louisiana and still be. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Very polished. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a. Go ahead, what? It was. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you. I have a couple of things to add to this. Do you think we can. Uh, you have three minutes before the hard break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be uh, back. With no, more. you're getting up. You're getting up. Okay, well, let me let me go ahead and keep talking and you go ahead and get whatever it is you're trying to get. And we'll be back in just. No, no, we're no? not signing off. Um, no. Just go if you need to go get something, and I can I can handle it. So um, there were five courses to this menu. It was a steal for twenty nine ninety five, and um, it was served family style. We got some oysters first. Their oysters are unbelievable and an unbelievable price. They were eight dollars for six for the straight char grilled, nine for some of the other more exotic versions. And by exotic, I mean, you know, uh, Rockefeller bacon and blue cheese and one called Bangkok, which is a sweet chili butter on top. That was really good. And then, the, and then if you get a dozen, I think it goes up to like 14 for the regular and maybe 15 or 16 for the others. But uh, we got an assortment of a dozen and we got... Let's see, four different kinds. So we got three of the four different versions. Those were incredibly good. What, I know this sounds really stupid to say, but one of the things that struck me most about the meal last night, and I feel like this is insulting to Philip, it shouldn't be. It's just something that I feel is sort of an epiphany about bread. And uh, we'll leave a cliffhanger there. And um, when we come back from these messages from our sponsor, I will tell you what the epiphany was. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to talk to us, we're here. Call us. Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop is a great little place on Causeway, right by the interstate. With a neighborhood feel to it, you'll find some delicious gumbo here. Chicken andouille gumbo, seafood gumbo, and the house specialty mumbo gumbo, which is a combination of both. Great fried chicken, poor boys, and other local specialties. Ron says, I cook it like your mama would, and he does. 11 to 9 every day but Sunday and Monday, 2309 North Causeway, 835 2022. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. 
The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. All right. I have missed you for being gone for the last uh, two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it was urgent, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to miss any parts of the show. Tom, if you're going to tell us you went to the bathroom, spare us. Bathroom. Spare us. Okay. So you said you wanted to say something. So go ahead and say it because we're all waiting with bated breath. Or is there something you needed to say? Um, I'm sorry. We just kind of. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say what I was going to say, which was I left a little cliffhanger about the epiphany that I had last night. So they, uh, the lovely little waitress, she was very cute, asked us if we wanted some garlic bread. Now, I've said this many times before, bread has to clear a certain threshold for me to eat it. I love bread. I used to eat a lot more bread, but you know, it's really not all that good for you. And it's easy once you get past it to not eat it. So garlic bread, though, is kind of hard to resist. And, um, and I do at least try it sometimes. So what comes to the table after we told her to bring us garlic bread is this pile of amorphous shape bread. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. Why is this like this? And then I took a bite of it and it was great French bread, which is in my opinion, of late an oxymoron, okay? So when uh-huh. Rayanne came over to chat for a minute, I said, what's, the, what's up with this bread? And, and she goes, it's from Don Fuang down the road. Hmm. So this legendary bakery, this Vietnamese bakery, Henry, have you ever been to Don Fuang? Don Fuang. I no, do not, not think I have. Yeah, we'll have to send you there, Henry, because this is a this is a Vietnamese refugee-owned business, thirty-five years running. James Beard Award winner, and just overall legendary bakery. And I just have been saying, you know, I gotta go down there at some point, and because uh, it is kind of a, a piece to go. 
And so I just was absolutely enthralled with this French bread. And I just am thinking, why isn't everyone using this French bread? So uh, I, I'm going to make a special point now. I've been saying I'm going to do it for a long time. We are, gosh darn it, going down to Don Juan mm -hmm. because I want to see what this is all about. And she said that if you've ever had one of their, and I can never say this, banh mi, uh, which correct. is, of course, their Vietnamese poor boy on their bread or any regular poor boy on their bread. You just never want to go back. And I can believe that because this was extraordinarily good French bread, which, as I said, is not easy to find anymore. So that was a good start to the evening. The oysters and the garlic bread alone was, you know, I could have walked up and left then. But the meal was really good. And we started off with uh, fried green tomatoes with shrimp remoulade and uh, Louisiana caviar on top of that. It was a big hit in its time. What? Back around... Uh, what, fried the, green tomatoes and shrimp remoulade? The fried green tomatoes mm -hmm. in particular. Uh -huh. Not something that ever caught my interest, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it was... Famous uh, because the Upper Line restaurant and Joanne, uh -huh. who has been owning that for years and years and years, uh, she tried some of them, uh, the fried green tomatoes, yeah. and decided that this was not up to speed and that it needed to be something similar, but uh -huh. not exactly this. And what she came up with was fried green tomatoes with S, uh, with uh a, a sauce of remoulade? kind of like a remoulade yeah. sauce exactly uh -huh. right uh -huh. and uh, so that's where that dish came from from the well it's one. there's a lot of variations on it like we were talking last week with kim kringley who was doing a very thinly sliced merleton and also sliced shrimp and that's pretty killer great anyway that was a good that was a good start also the um Scallops, big, mm, I had fat, wonderful scallops. Scallops last night. on top of a delicious mushroom risotto. That's about how it yeah. was. Too. So we start off with two appetizers, and eat, there were two portions in each. So you got that, and um, and you know, you sort of shared it, and that was really great. You like the scallops, Tom? Those were the most beautiful scallops they I've were. seen in a long time. They were. Enormous, yeah, they were they were incredibly gorgeous. Very smooth. Yeah. Very sleek and delicious flavor. Yeah. Nothing funny about it. It was nice. Lovely. It was everything yeah. that that dish ought to be. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, if you ever find that in a restaurant, go ahead and get it. It's a uh, possible uh, something like seafood and what it might do to you. Don't worry about it. It's it's it's. It, those were gorgeous. I mean, if you're a scallop Wonderful. eater, whoa is all I can say. I mean, I'm not a scallop eater, so Tom ate my scallops and I had his uh, shrimp remoulade. But um, boy, that was pretty gorgeous. Uh, one was bigger than the next, and they were really really plump and well, it worked. fat. So then the next course, there were two courses, there were four courses and two came together and then you shared both. So the second course, uh, which was also the third and fourth course, was fried chicken breasts mm -hmm. on top of dirty rice with a pepper jelly sauce. Hmm. That was great. That was really great. 
That's Louisiana. That's 2020 Louisiana. Um, And then the other one was a sous vide pork loin with mashed sweet potatoes and a compote jam of apples and I want to say pecans. This is so not my thing, a jam of apples and pecans. It was fantastically good. And I found myself, me, who never does something like this, scooping every smidge of that jam off of that plate. It was really great. And um, I have to say, I said it before, I'll say it again, Don Clement, I don't care what you say. I'm not a fan of sous vide. I'm just not a fan. I don't understand it. I don't understand sous vide. So anyway, uh, but there it was. It was uh, not, to me, I would love to have put a non-sous vide pork loin next to a sous vide pork loin and see if a blind tasting would reveal a big difference. And if, in my case, it might reveal that I liked the non-sous vide better. But um, chefs love sous vide. That's all there is to it. They love it, love it, love it. Them and Don Clement. Anyway, uh, so the the dishes were each one unique and really delicious. And so welcome to Philip Bucheri uh, at Mimi's. Some great food happening down in Chalmette, but you already knew that because they are an advertiser on the show and we mean everything we say about that place. Wonderful. Yeah. Also, you know, I was thinking of. Well, wait a minute. I'm gonna no, let go you ahead. Have you. No, go ahead. What? Uh, we had a conversation came up. This about two weeks ago, and I don't remember how we got started on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there were some of the uh, items that uh, uh, are pretty much in the line of the things you just been yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that uh, is the essence of it is that the seafood, almost well, usually seafood, although it can be vegetable items too. Can be floating out pretty much in the in the ocean or the sea, <laughs> and, okay. and this big, it serves so, uh, uh, uncooked. It's uh, raw, yeah. mm-hmm. and then with some uh, some sauces that have a tangy quality to them. They were really really popular in the top end of the nineteen seventies. Uh-huh. And what it, kind of seafood are we talking problem. about? This is problem. I've been trying to remember. Uh, I'm just waiting to hear what kind of vegetables would be floating out there. Just about anything <laughs> you could possibly have. And why they would be and how you would get them. So uh, I guess you catch them in a net like you would crabs. But anyway, um, the other dish that was there last night was a, um, an apple cobbler. Oh, yeah, and uh, you like that a lot. I'm not Fred a cobbler Pudding. fan. I thought it was good. I took a bite of it just to take a bite of it. But um, uh, Chuck and Rayanne know that I have a secret. Ooh. I have a secret. I am a chocolaholic, oh, yeah. and there are no desserts worthy of my attention other than chocolate-based desserts. However... One day, I went down to Mimi's for a hamburger, which is really good down there, and uh, they sent me away with two pieces of their coconut pie, their signature coconut pie. 
and I just tried it because, you know, I kind of fought them and, um, and didn't really want to try it, but I did. And I took a bite of it and then I quietly took another bite and then I wrapped it up because they were sending it to Tom and I got into the car and I unwrapped it and both of the pieces of pie were gone before I left the parish. Mm. So Tom never did, did get, get Tom did never did get that pie. And oh, so, um, so that was quite the statement for a non uh, chocolate uh, dessert. And I'd like to eat uh, that uh, bread uh, pudding hater. too. So anyway, um, Chuck slipped me a piece of that pie last night and explained that he can't take credit for the recipe. It is actually the recipe of their youngest daughter's mother-in-law. And it's very simple and extremely non-gourmet. It's something like cream cheese and Cool Whip. I can't believe I'm saying this. And uh, caramel sauce on top of this coconut pie. But it's, and you know, your basic graham cracker crust, but it's, it's just so good. And I have to keep repeating to myself what Tom used to always say. If it tastes good, it is good. That's close enough. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I had for dessert. And honestly, I was so full when I got home that I, I had a Tom experience for our marriage. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, Tom would roll into bed at eleven thirty at Look night for a back with a back. with a barrel of food in his stomach, and I just thought that was the most disgusting thing. And that's mm. how I felt last night. I was just like floating away with all this food in my stomach. All right, but it was delicious. And go see Philip Buccieri down at Mimi's. It is three thirty, three two thirty time uh, time for the Louisiana Radio Network news. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Hurricane Delta is a Category 4 storm in the West Central Caribbean, but is expected to weaken to a Cat 2 before a projected Saturday landfall in southeast Louisiana. There could still be significant impacts, even if the storm weakens a little bit. National Weather Service New Orleans meteorologist Kevin Gilmore says Delta is on track to be an issue for the Bayou State, bringing with it the possibility for heavy rainfall, causing flash flooding, damaging winds, isolated tornadoes to the east of the storm track. And then probably as well, a very significant impact could be storm surge. Areas that have seen storm surge from previous storms, including Laura, Sally, may see storm surge yet again. And with this storm, there is a chance that it could be higher. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Delta will likely raise anxiety levels for many as the storm approaches. LSU Health New Orleans clinical psychologist Dr. Michelle Moore says a way to decrease the anxiety is to prepare. Doing something to prepare your property can help reduce the anxiety because you're trying to actively change those anxious feelings. LRN. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. COVID-19 has altered the way we do elections this year. And while Hurricane Laura may have ravaged our state, it will not break our spirit. Our office is working around the clock with state and local partners to bring early voting sites and election day polling locations back online. For Louisianans displaced by Hurricane Laura, you can exercise your right to vote this fall. Displaced voters have the option to vote early, vote on election day, or vote absentee. If you are unregistered, there is still time to register at either your current address, temporary residence, 
residence or the home from which you evacuated. To address COVID-19 concerns, we will take every sanitary precaution necessary to ensure voters can safely cast their votes. This includes mandating personal protective equipment for poll workers and making masks available for voters who want one. Voting machines will be sanitized between uses and social distancing will be enforced. If you have questions about the November 3rd presidential election, visit GoVote.com or call our election information hotline at 1-800-883-2805. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Desalman's catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Tom, you could actually have written that lyric, I think. Mm. Five five six nine six nine six is the number you're listening to the food show. Thirty two years running with Tom Fitzmorris and good me, to be here. The wife, Marianne. We and have Marianne too, too. Hi. We have on the phone Leah Saris, who is with Noki, which is if you are unfamiliar, if you are on the streetcar going from Lee Circle to Carondelet. Tucked into that little corner where you make the turn is this building, which has been a number of things, but is now a beautiful, beautiful, um, it's a facility for learning about, it's a culinary facility, and it's got so many different facets that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those right now. Hi, Leah, are you there? I sure am. Thank you so much for having me today. Hi, welcome to the food show. We are Thank huge you. fans. We are huge <laughs> fans. We went to mutual. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We went to uh, lunch there, and mm-hmm. were absolutely blown away by it. Both the value of it, but that is so secondary to the actual quality and genuine <laughs> excitement of the food. It was impressive. Thank you. I remember that. That was for the student pop-up. It was like one of their final, uh, you know, classes before they were about to graduate, and they got to come up with their own restaurant concept. Um, that was a. They was did a great. really great job. I remember when you all ate with us. I'm glad you were able to make it. <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I want to say that's probably like a year and a half ago, huh? It was. Yeah, it's amazing how time flies. I think it was probably um, right at the end of 2019. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so yep. we're not quite a year. So Almost, um, yeah. <laughs> you are here to talk about, is this your first ever fundraiser or is it just your first fundraiser in COVID world? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's our first well, that's an awful time to start. <laughs> okay, yeah. so it's going to be virtual. It sure is, yeah. Okay, tell us about it. Sure. So as you know, we're pretty new at this point. We really only opened our doors at the beginning of 2019. And um, we were planning on rolling out our first annual fundraiser this year. And obviously, for, you know, obvious reasons, (laughs) we weren't able to hold um, an in-person fundraiser. But we came up with this 
create a solution, as a lot of people are doing, virtual fundraisers. But what I think is different about ours is that we are fundraising um, culinary-related experiences. We're auctioning off experiences rather than necessarily things. So um, most of the items are private cooking classes with very well-known chefs, uh, wine professionals. You can do cocktail classes. Um, we even have a class um, with Danny Meyer and his team uh, for business coaching, and that's virtual. So we have a mix of in-person and virtual classes where you're essentially buying the whole class. Uh, so you can do it with, the, you know, depending on what the type of class. Um, for the in-person ones, it's about 12 people. We even have one that's in your house. It's six-course private dinner. Um, but... You know, knowing that obviously right now might not be the best time to use them. You have up to about a, a year to actually utilize um, if you win the auction to utilize the class. Okay, let's step let's step back for a second away from the auction because I think some people might not really be familiar with exactly what Noki is. I'm always tempted sure. to say Noki, but anyway, Noki, <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> Uh, because it's it's kind of wide wide ranging. It's not for professionals only. It's for enthusiastic yeah. home cooks. So go through the list of things that you actually offer there. Oh, I'm sure. so glad you brought that up because I think that's important to note. It is uh, because we, we really we have this be gem, and, as and a lot of people don't know that they can just enroll in a cooking class. You know? Yeah, yeah. So while we do offer a certificate program for baking and pastry and culinary, you know, one wannabe professionals or people aspiring to be in the industry, um, we really want to be a, a bigger resource for education for, as you said, enthusiasts, people who just love to cook, or even continuing education for people in the industry. Our goal is to really be seen as a hospitality educational hub with, you know, within New Orleans, but really even beyond New Orleans, being in yeah. such a food-centric city, it makes a lot of sense. And hospitality-centric city, it makes a lot of sense. Sure. Mm -hmm. So in normal times, we offer um, in-person classes. Well, I say normal, but, you know, not normal anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, what is normal anymore, you know? I know. Who knows? Um, in-person classes for anyone that just wants to come do it for fun. Uh, although those are on hold for the moment, but we do have a lot of virtual options, which you can look at on our website at noki.org, N-O-C-H-I.org. Uh, but we also, um, you know, are going in the realm of, like like I said, things like wine certification or just service and hospitality basics um, that you can look forward to, sanitation classes, business classes for those in the culinary hospitality hospitality industry. So, you know, we, we really want to go above and beyond that, just a, that certificate program and want people to start thinking of us as a resource in that realm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, it is a great resource to have right here in our backyard. And I think that there are people who, you know, of all ages, which is really kind of interesting because you have sort of a really eclectic group of students, you know, I mean, people who might want as a later in life kind of thing to get into the hospitality industry. I yep. mean, it's really very varied, isn't it? That's another great point. Um, actually, our average student age is 30 years old. So, uh -huh. you know, a lot of these people are coming as a second career 
yeah. um, and, you know, might have a background in another area that might have some, you know, carryover, and some of them might, might, might not have any. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, we do have a very uh, diverse student body, which is one thing I really love. Um, you know, I think it makes us really, really unique in that way. We have students that range from 18 years old to 65 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fascinating concept. Who came up with the idea? I mean, was it a collective group of people in the hospitality industry? Sure, yeah. Okay. Our founding members and really the large drivers to why our doors got open um, were uh, T. Martin and Dickie Brennan and George Brower. So a lot of the Brennan family uh -huh. um, had, had envisioned this for years, and I'd say, yeah. you know, T has been a huge driving force behind it and uh -huh. our founding board member. But well, she has a beyond, lot of energy. You know, <laughs> yeah, she does. She's, she's brilliant. Um, and, and, I mean, they know the need for it, you know. I mean, the exactly. family's been in the business forever. They see so, the you need know. for it in yeah. general in New Orleans and wanted to offer an opportunity to provide something, you know, for the greater good of this of a city that thrives so much on hospitality. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm very glad so that, because, I mean, after a couple of fits and starts, you finally came online. And, a uh, bunch of fits. Yeah, and it was, yeah, I know. And it was, uh, it was really wonderful to be there. And I, I look forward to great things from you all. So, all right, so, so specifically, uh, let's talk back about the event and give mm -hmm. us some real specific details about it. How can people participate? When is it? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. So the online auction is going on currently. It will end next Wednesday, October 14th, and it will culminate with a really fun grand finale event that will be the final opportunity to bid in an um, online party virtual Zoom format. Actually, we're tail ending on the end of the Commander's Palace Wednesday night wine and cheese parties. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll be hosting some musicians, a lot of chefs that are in our um, doing, you know, part of our fundraiser. Um, and, and I can tell you a few of those local ones include people like Nina Compton, uh, Donald Link. We have a class that we are auctioning with Emeril Lagasse. Um, and so we really have a, a cool lineup, obviously, you know, Tori McPhail and Dan Davis. And really the best way for you to learn more information, you, everything you need, you can find through our website um, at noki.org. That's N-O-C-H-I dot org. And you'll see a banner right at the top that says Cooking for a Cause. And if you click on that, it'll send you to all the information. It'll send you to the bidding website, show you everything you can bid on. And these opportunities can be good for someone like, you know, to come together with a group of friends. This is also a great opportunity for corporate, you know, for a corporate opportunity if you're looking for a fun kind of team-building opportunity to do. Um, so, you know, as I said, they're redeemable within the year and everything from wine to, you know, to cocktails to hands-on cooking classes here at Noki or even a private uh, class at home or if you mm – -hmm. If not quite comfortable with that, we do offer virtual opportunities as well, and that's something we're, we've been more and more getting in the realm of over this year, obviously, but I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah. So uh, you can learn about Cooking for a Cause on our website. You can also learn about all the cool things Noki is doing on our website as well. Well, if you can hang with us for a little bit, we have a hard break coming up. Can you stay a few minutes? Because I want to talk yeah, no about um, not the auction, what Noki mm -hmm. is doing right 
now. In other words, you know, everyone has adapted to COVID world in a different way. And some people have just temporarily closed and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I love Noki and I hope that you're open in some fashion. And I want to talk about all the things that a person could use Noki for, including it's a venue for things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes, so let's, if you can in. hang with us for a little bit, we're going to take a break after we hear from our sponsors. We'll be back to talk to you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. We are talking to um, uh, Leah Sachi from uh, Sarah, uh, from um, Noki, and we will be right back after these words. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish, a magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef, combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursday's wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Yes, because it's beautiful. And it's beautiful outside here even now. 556-9696, if you would like to talk to our guest, Leah Saris from Noki, a a wonderful addition to the hospitality world based in New Orleans. Uh, we're going to talk specifically about what they're doing over there. Uh, give us a call. We would love to hear from you. I'm sure she would too. So, all right. So here's this wonderful kind of um, not so well-known yet facility for graduating culinary professionals in this hospitality-based economy but it is also so much more. So tell us a little bit about, if you're looking to be a professional, what would you do? If you're looking for some cooking classes just so you can show off, what would you do? And whatever else you do, and what you're doing right now in COVID world, if any of these things are available. 
So all of those things are available during the COVID world. We've just had to adapt them some. <laughs> you just had, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be know, out on the radio. Uh, yeah, exactly. We were being a, a startup nonprofit. This is, uh, you know, in the hospitality world, this has been an extremely challenging year. Um, so we've had to be really innovative just to keep, you know, keep the doors open um, and get our name out there. But we have found some really cool things. So, as you mentioned, uh, we do have a certificate program, which we are currently going forward with. That's in-person classes. It's oh, a, are you? Huh. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. It's a hundred. Do you currently days. have a class going right now? We sure do. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Huh. We do. They just started after Labor Day. Wow. Um, okay. It's a bit of a smaller class. We have nine baking and pastry and nine culinary students at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we were hoping for about double that. But, you know, given the times, we're happy to have what we've got. Um, and we also had what we called our COVID class. Uh, we were out for about two months with them, but they graduated two months late. Uh, once we hit phase two, we got them back in the classroom. Now, of course, that being said, we're taking all the COVID safety precautions that we possibly can in a very safe way. Um, but yeah, our students are cooking in person. It's a hundred day program end to end. And, uh, you know, right now we're nearing the end of our first quarter. So we're in it. Um, we should be graduating them. Hopefully, if all goes well, knock on wood, we don't have to go back online at all uh, right before Mardi Gras. Fantastic. Um, okay, yeah, so, so let me stop you and ask you a question. You have do, yeah. these are. These are um, I mean, I don't know anything about culinary schools and, you know, it's kind of like an art school. You don't get a bachelor's, you get an associate degree. What is this uh-huh. uh, certificate that you get when you get out of this school and how does it compare to say going to CIA? Good question. So This is what I do, see? Go ahead. You have a lot of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we are designed to be about as many hours as what you would get in a um, an associate degree program. Okay. But we aren't we aren't actually a degree program because we want to get people in and out of the door as quickly as possible. So it's an mm-hmm. under six months. And you know, we're we're essentially workforce training, but we're also trying to give people the skills they need to advance within the industry. So where you might go to somewhere like CIA, I believe we're giving you a much faster, more you know, condensed mm-hmm. version from other culinary schools. Um, so you can get out into the field, and, I'll, and I will also say it's a much more affordable option than a lot uh-huh. more of, of the more traditional culinary schools as well. Um, Do you so think that the students here are mostly going to uh, places in New Orleans because it's known, or have any of them ventured farther afield? Both. Okay. Uh, I think ultimately most of them are interested in being in, being in the area or coming back uh-huh. to the area, but... You know, we've had now three graduating classes, and, you know, I've had students that have gone to work at Michelin star restaurants and, wow. you know, New York. No, I mean, it's good. They're, they're, you're doing great stuff there, so. Thanks. Yeah, yeah to get experience, and then they come back, they bring it back here. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people are interested, because we are in such a great city for food, and mm-hmm. they want to help it to grow and evolve, and they want to be uh-huh. part of that. So. Yeah. It's like fast-forwarding a really great uh, education, I would say. Exactly. That's exactly it. We're just trying to make it kind of, you know, make it so you can get started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you have have 
certificates for what positions that come out of there? Yeah, so we have two programs right now. We have a culinary arts and a baking and pastry program. Mm, so okay. if you're interested in either of those areas, um, you can do this 100-day training program. Uh-huh. Isn't there also like a service program there too or no? Yeah, or they just they just do everything? Yeah, so um, we really were just starting to get into the kind of service realm and COVID put a little bit of a screeching halt. But our plan is to grow even more into that realm. Um, we did a bartending and life skills training program that we began this year that we hope to grow on. Mm -hmm. uh, we were going to start sooner rather than later, I hope. Our plan was to do it this year, but it came to halt. Uh, wine certification. And, you know, so those are a few examples mm -hmm. of some of the more, the education for professionals that we do. And we also do some private classes. Like we just offer, you know, a private serve safe class for a restaurant group, for instance. Mm -hmm. So we, we Okay. So what about non-professionals? Uh-huh. So um, we aren't doing in-person classes right now for our, um, for our enthusiast classes. However, we are offering online cooking classes that are by donation. And uh, those are, we took a quick break to kind of recompose and we surveyed the people that were doing those classes, which have been very popular. We started them right after we went into quarantine and we had, we called them cooking in quarantine and they were, they were a really big hit. Um, but we are offering these classes on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. You can choose to cook along or not. And starting on in our classes in October, we are actually going to um, be offering a grocery pickup option so that you can get the food that we are doing in the cooking class to cook along with us. So you would mm -hmm. actually be able to uh, make dinner as part of it. Mm, so okay. um, people can do that. And like, as I said, it's by, do by donation. So even if you don't have a lot of money, you can still participate. Those are on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you can find information for those um, on our website. Um, okay. Additionally, as you mentioned, we have event spaces, which we are, you know, renting out. There's, you know, we're more, if especially if they're smaller groups, whatever we're doing right now, we're doing in a COVID-friendly manner. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have anything from a business meeting to a wedding, we have space for that with a beautiful terrace that overlooks the city. Up it is a beautiful city. space. It is a beautiful yeah, thank space. Yeah, you. We do. We have some really nice spaces within our building. So mm -hmm. we have, you really uh, do. The, options for that and then we're also doing our own events since a lot of events aren't coming to us i'm really excited about this in december we're going to be hosting dinner and a movie nights mm. we're going to be doing these up on our fifth floor and rooftop terrace um we're going to be hosting food themed movies and then you buy a ticket to watch the movie in your own table in a socially distant safe manner and uh, you get some uh, dinner an appetizer and dinner and a drink that go along with the theme of the movie to enjoy with up to five of your friends at your table. So, okay, these uh, people have lots of great ideas, folks. So you need to <laughs> write down this website and visit it frequently. Cause Thank you. Well, you can join our email list and oh, good. weekly updates. Which you can okay. And, and yeah. so how do they do that? Just go to the website and sign go up there? Go to the website and you can sign up right through there. Yep. Okay. Give us the website again. Noki.org. N-O-C-H-I.org. Okay. That's terrific. I want to mention, I don't know who's doing your groceries, but uh, we have Nicole Dorignac with us every Thursday who oh. has a unique place 
I mean, you can't get any more local than that. And uh, yeah. she does a report every, this is COVID, you know, this is because of COVID. Uh, she gives us a report every week on what's going to be missing from the shelves and what's coming back. And it's just the whole grocery thing, I think, has popped into certainly my consciousness because, you know, it, it, we just have taken for granted that things would be on the shelf every time we went for them and then they suddenly weren't. So we asked her to join us every week and, you know, sort of put on a crystal ball of what's what's coming down the pipe. And it's been really fascinating. So that is really anyway. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it is. It's just like, you know, she started the show the other day with there's a worldwide coconut shortage. I mean, who knew, you know, <laughs> or why? So anyway, I don't know if you've got that grocery part settled yet, but I just want to recommend that would be a good option for you because um, because she's great and also uh, very New Orleans. So Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there you go. Thank you very much for coming on. I think what you're doing is, we both think what you're doing is fantastic and can't wait to go back to one of your little pop-ups and eat. Keep, keep it excellent. Keep, it'll help. Yeah. And uh, support wait. them, because this is a good, good thing for the city, everyone. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leah. Appreciate you coming on. All right. That is Leah Saris from Noki, as opposed to Noki, but Noki. Yep. And, uh, and it's, it's just a beautiful place. They have lots of great ideas. If they are spearheaded by T. Martin, there's a lot of energy there and a lot of great uh, – possibilities I should say of where that's going and uh, in just a year and a half I've been so impressed with what's already occurred there but do support them go to their website you can find out all the things that they have coming down the pipe and also uh, keep them rolling because it's a great great thing for this the city. This could be a lot of fun. Great thing for the city for sure and they have um, I know they started off I don't know if I think I think it was the first graduating class whose pop-up we went to, but um, it was spearheaded by Allison Vines rushing, and uh, it was just it was uh, it was just fantastic. I mean, it was exciting food, which is not something that I say very often, but I like to be excited about exciting food. We have after the top of the hour news. Coming up, another interview, back-to-back, Cat -back, uh, Dolan, with a product called Parm Crisps, to talk about the fact that it's National Cheese Month. Tommy looks so excited about that, but who doesn't love no, cheese? I, the funny thing is that I had that for lunch today. Who doesn't love cheese? Oh, everybody oh, wh loves wait, cheese. What, what did you have for lunch? What today? I had is uh, over at New, uh, New Orleans Ham yeah. and Seaburg. I can never remember the name <laughs> of that place. New and, Orleans Food and Spirits. Yeah, and, uh, uh -huh. yeah, New Orleans Food and Spirits. That's where you it didn't is. have cheese. What did you have? Oh yeah, we did have cheese. They, we had a cream sauce. They do uh, a special event. They do it once every Wednesday, uh -huh. and it has a very nice. I finally got somebody to make their noodles very very thin. <laughs> And they did that. The sauce was this great combination of tomato and the, and the rather trill and rather high. Uh, That's one for, for you, Henry. For for that. And uh, so you have uh, this kind of rich dish at a, a almost unbelievable. It is an unbelievable price. Uh, it is. The price, it, it almost seems too good. It is. Uh, 
At New so, Orleans Food and Spirits on Wednesday, Henry, they do the a chicken parm that has the fried chicken breast on top of two sauces on angel hair pasta. One is their red sauce and one is a cream sauce. And it's like two separate things, but together it's really great. Very good. I think it's like some ridiculously cheap special, but it's only on Wednesdays because Tom asked for it and we go all the time. They brought it to him, but, um, actually it but was it's, my, it's super good out there in Bucktown. It was uh, actually, it was my son, Jude, who uh, yeah, he, he, he found loved it. the dish. So we, <laughs> That's how we got onto it. We yeah. ought to call it by. Okay. We'll be back after the top of the hour news from the Louisiana radio network. Stay with us. We'll be talking about cheese. Hey, Brian Diaz here with the NOLA Drink Show. Check us out every Monday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. To White House physician Dr. Sean Conley. In a memo released Tuesday, Dr. Conley provided a progress report on the president's recovery, saying that his vital science and physical exam remain stable and that the president is doing well. Conley says the president met with his team of doctors Tuesday morning and that they remain optimistic on his progress. Meanwhile, some questions still do remain about the president's health. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, tells CNN that while the president looks to be recovering well, it's possible his condition could still worsen in the coming days. Sometimes when you're five to eight days in, you're going to have a reversal. His physicians know a reversal meaning going in the wrong direction and get into trouble. It's unlikely that it will happen, but they need to be heads up for it. He knows it. The physicians know it. Uh, so they're going to keep an eye out on it. This is USA Radio News. Hey, everybody. Confused about staying healthy in a crazy COVID culture? Me too. But listen, after all the research, all the conflicting studies, after all the squabbling, there's one thing almost everyone agrees on. It's that immune system health can literally be the difference between life and death. You probably already believe that. I certainly do. So here's the thing. I wanted to get past the craziness and find out which plant-based substances actually have studies that demonstrate some efficacy in immune support. Now, you'll have to sign a waiver, but you can check out what I've discovered at StrongerDefense.com. No cures or treatments there. Instead, little-known but shocking immune system research and a breakthrough immune support product based on that research called Immune 10X. And the best part? You can go to the Stronger Defense website right now and claim your own supply of Immune 10X without paying anything today. Crazy, right? Learn more about this unusual limited-time offer at StrongerDefense.com. That's StrongerDefense.com. The chairman of the Federal Reserve says the economy is recovering better than expected, but that progress could be easily derailed. Jerome Powell told the National Association for Business Economics Tuesday that containing the spread of the coronavirus is a large factor in keeping the economy recovering. The recovery has progressed more quickly than generally expected. And the most recent projections by FOMC participants at our September meeting show the recovery continuing at a solid pace. The median participants saw unemployment declining to 4% and inflation reaching 2% by the end of 2023. Of course, the economy may perform better or worse than expected. The outlook remains highly uncertain in part because it depends on controlling the spread and effects of the virus. Florida voters will get more time to register after the state's voter registration website crashed at the deadline. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said heavier-than-expected traffic around Monday's deadline crashed the site, so voters will have until 7 p.m. Tuesday to register online or in person at election, motor vehicle, and tax collector's offices. This is USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Tomorrow night's vice presidential debate will have a much different look than its predecessors, with plexiglass playing a role. USA Radio Network's Val Dior has the details. The Commission on Presidential Debates has approved plans for plexiglass to be used in Wednesday's vice presidential debate amid mounting concerns about coronavirus transmission. Vice President Pence and Democratic VP nominee Kamala Harris will be separated by plexiglass. The Commission, along with medical consultants at the Cleveland Clinic, made the decision Monday. A nice night tonight, beautiful day, starting in the morning tomorrow, but higher humidity then gradually throughout the rest of the week. The early morning starts off 60s to a high to the upper 70s to near 80. But by Wednesday, it's low to mid-80s under a partly cloudy afternoon after 60s again for the morning. Thursday, we could begin to see some tropical influence from the impacts of what is likely to become Hurricane Delta. Now that tropical depression in the Caribbean. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way as you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit SlidellAntiques.com. a guest we try to keep this to ourselves let's go to Kat Dolan who is here to talk about cheese she is with a company called Parm Crisps hi Kat mm. hi thanks so much for having me my husband me. likes to sing <laughs> we're, we're here for uh, for uh, uh, cheese uh, or chase Did cheese I we're talking cheese. about cheese it's national cheese, cheese month happy national cheese, cheese month. month well Welcome. Yeah, Come on Happy in. Happy National Cheese Month. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't love cheese? Yeah. What's? Uh, give me your first one right there. Tell me what's your favorite. Tell us what you do, first of all. Yeah. So I work with a company called Parm Crisps, and we make 100% cheese, baked cheese crackers. So, you know, they're about the same size as a Ritz cracker, but, you know, if you're doing low-carb or just want to snack on some cheese, um, we're totally baked and... You know, our only ingredient is just cheese. Yeah. Uh, Cheese crisps are divine. And um, we usually wind up eating them by accident. Like I have this, I have this shepherd's pie recipe that I stuff over into a pan so much that I have to put a cookie sheet underneath. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes out, there's all this crusted cheese that everyone just sort of digs into before we go into the shepherd's pie. So parm crisps or any other kind of crisps are a great snack for sure. Um, when did, how old is the product? 
So we've been around for a couple of years. Um, we launched back in 2018, and, you know, ever since then we've just been, um, you know, our original is just 100% Parmesan, so that's where we got our name. And now we do a cheddar crisp. We do a sour cream and onion-flavored crisp. Um, we even have one uh, that is a, a four-cheese crisp that's super good, you know, extra cheesy with Parmesan, Asiago, Romano, and provolone. Well, in this keto world, that's a, a great thing. I mean, I think you can have that on keto, can't you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, anything yeah, low-carb, yeah. high-protein, and, you know, cheese has a lot more protein than we give it credit for. I know it uh-huh. always feels like an indulgent, cause, an indulgent food because it's so delicious. Because it's so you good. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it is an indulgent food, and it is highly caloric, but sometimes you just need to comfort yourself, especially now. Oh, well, definitely. I can sit with a big big bag of those. Does it come in a box or a bag? And you know what I find uh, cheese, uh, what function it has that people don't talk about that much? That is when cheese comes into your home or your office or wherever it is and it makes a display right in front of you, everything around you gets more interesting and happier and mellower. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of cheese... Makes you and happy. Maybe, and even more of them, even better. So uh, A little bit of cheese makes you happy. Yeah, enjoy. S- so yeah. you have some recipes that you use the parm crisps for. So essentially you could use this since it's 100% Parmesan cheese. You could use it as grated cheese, right? I mean, it would just like go into a recipe as cheese that you've grated or... I mean, I would imagine it melts. You know, just we like, like to crumble them uh, as like maybe a mac and cheese topper for a little bit of crunch. Mm-hmm. So when we do bake the cheese, you know, it does create that cracker consistency. Um, but what I like to use Prime Crisp for, I think my favorite thing to do right now is create charcuterie boards. I know those mm-hmm. are so popular. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can use cured meats and then your, you know, all of your favorite flavors of varieties of cheese and then different crackers. So if you are low-carb and you're looking for something like totally 100% protein and cheese, Prime Crisps are a great option. Or, you know, people put pita chips and different kind of things on their charcuterie boards. And it's mm-hmm. almost like this intricate little recipe where people can grab, you know, whatever their favorite item is. And I really mm-hmm. love that. Well, you could just eat it by itself, which is probably what I would do. But do you use it for a dipper? What have you used it for a dipper for? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, there's so many great dips that we can make um, and then, you know, use Parm Crisp as that low-carb dip or, uh, like, chip replacement. We have a walnut pesto which, that I love because I don't know, you know, if you make your own pesto at home and you use pine nuts, pine nuts are actually kind of expensive. So yeah. it really just mm-hmm. replaces the pine nuts with walnuts and mm-hmm. then put in extra Parmesan and garlic, and it's a super great dipper for you know, your charcuterie board or if you're entertaining. Um, we also have, I mean, I know tailgating season's coming up and home gating and what people are doing with that. You know, I make a buffalo chicken dip. I don't know if you guys make mm. something similar at home, but, I mean, it is so easy and so delicious. And then Parmigris are a great chip replacement, so it's extra cheese. How do you, I mean, this is radio, so it's kind of hard to do a recipe. Is it a simple enough recipe? Because that actually sounds really good. Sure. So, I mean, buffalo chicken dip can be, uh, I know some people balk at the idea of, of canned chicken, but sometimes I just buy canned chicken and it's already mm-hmm. shredded 
and then I'll mix in uh, cream cheese, sour cream, buffalo sauce, and then shredded cheese. And then you bake mm-hmm. it. Um, some people will find oh. it. I mean, if you just Google it, you could bake it. You could put it in a crock pot, and it's super good, especially if you like that buffalo flavor. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I'm thinking? Um, we are, you know, in Louisiana, and we do a lot of seafood. Mm-hmm. And um, seafood and cheese. Tom, did you say you did or did not like seafood and cheese together? I, yeah, I think it's a bad mix. A cheese and... Uh, well, I disagree. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, a, a little bit, a little bit there. But I think uh, if, you, if you start mixing the two, I think you wind up with a blend as I'm nice on one and then just out of whack in the second one. Personal opinion uh, to give you that, but... Uh, my sister does a shrimp and, mold. Huh? She does, and I know how you love her shrimp mold, <laughs> but my sister has this shrimp mold, which is, um, I think, cream cheese and boiled shrimp and other things. And I'm thinking, you know, I think that could really, really be good. I mean, do you ever use, do you ever use uh, parm crisps on hummus? Have you tried that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a great pairing for hummus. It does? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And depending, okay. you know, I, you know, classic hummus and our original parm crisp pairs great together because you still get that little bit of a cheesy taste and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you it complements the hummus almost. And I was going to say, you know, the only seafood and cheese combination that I can think of that I do love is smoked salmon and cream cheese. And sometimes mm-hmm. if people, I've seen people on the keto diet we um, use our parm crisps almost as um, like an open cracker, and then they'll put the cream cheese like schmear on it and then put the mm-hmm. salmon on top of it and eat it almost as a little appetizer. And those mm-hmm. look super delicious. I think that would be a really great pairing. This is actually a fantastic idea because um, processed foods are, you know, as everybody knows, not such a good thing. And if this is 100% just melted crisp Parmesan cheese. Uh, I mean, you could do this yourself, of course, you know, but if you don't have time to do it yourself and that's what it is, then it really does. There is definitely a place for it because I know my daughter is always wanting to eat hummus, but does not want to eat the pita, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. the idea, I don't know, somehow or another of just, slicing cucumber just it doesn't satisfy somehow you know so I'm feeling feeling like uh, yeah yeah I mean you just need I don't know maybe it's just a head trip or something but but you just feel like you would like something a little more substantial that would actually qualify as a cracker and and not have flour in it and you know be a baked process thing so that's a this is a really good idea, a really good product. Can you hang on for a minute or two? We're going to do a little uh, spot break, and we can come back to you if you if you have time. Do you have time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll be here. We will be back with Kat Dolan from Parm Crisps, which is a product I am now newly familiar with but can't wait to go try. We'll be right back. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Desalman's catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304 one four six nine. 
I have loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Oh, who doesn't love a Gershwin tune? How about you, Kat? Do you like Gershwin? That was, uh, I am not familiar. Indeed, the guy who wrote the uh, song, the... Uh, it's baby boomer stuff, so I have a feeling you might be a little young for that. But, uh, but, but beautiful music, anyway. All right, so um, I love the buffalo chicken idea. Other opportunities to use a cracker like this that you would recommend? Absolutely. So, you know, what we, I, I know you asked earlier about the formats that our, our Parm Crisp come in. So we do have bags, resealable bags with a smaller crisp, but we also have tubs that have a bigger crisp. And one really unique uh, way that I've seen somebody use our bigger, um, our bigger crackers they're probably the same size as just a small disc, um, like like a coffee cup maybe. So mm-hmm. they'll instead of a the like maybe or even in addition to the creamy cheese on top of a French onion soup, they'll put mm-hmm. that that parm crisp. It's just the right size for a bowl of soup as a topper. And then if you mm-hmm. like a little bit of crunch in your tomato soup, it's a great addition. I know people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like to put croutons in their soup or, and of course, croutons on their salad. But because our crisps are so crunchy and they're 100% cheese, they're a really great low-carb crouton alternative. Yeah. I've seen that a lot, too. Well, you know, croutons are kind of awful, really, especially (laughs) if they're not homemade. So I, I was always excited when we would go to a restaurant and there'd be a salad that had an actual crisp there. And I'm surprised that they haven't caught on because they've been around for a number of years. I'm surprised that they haven't caught on into mainstream popularity as much as they have. And I might be wrong about that. I'm just saying that I don't really see them that often. And we're, yeah. we're out a lot with food. Well, you know, we have, I know our bags are in Whole Foods near you guys, Walmarts, Winn-Dixie, Target, Walgreens, um, but, you know, for your listeners, if you guys are interested in trying Parm Crisp, if you guys use the code on our website, Parm Crisp 10, you'll get 10% off your first order. So, oh. you know, parmcrisps.com, we've got I'm a bunch of I'm going to use that myself. What is it again? 
Parmcrisp10 at parmcrisp.com. And then I will tell you one of our newer varieties that I'm, I'm really obsessed with, we have a, a new snack mix that has um, little mini Parmesan crisps, and then it has almonds, cashews, and um, pistachios. Oh, gosh. Okay. And it's super great. And again, the resealable bag. So, you know, if you're take bringing snacks along for the kids in the car or, you know, what have you, it's great to take to work for a snack if you're a big trail mix person. And it's totally keto if you are doing that low-carb diet. I know it's so popular right now. You know, I mentioned this before. Um, I'm listening to you talk about that, and I want to get like a giant bag of it and just <laughs> eat it. My daughter makes this granola, and it's homemade granola, and she makes just like this giant tub of it, and it's just crazy good, and you could just sit there and eat seriously like a whole pound of it, and then you realize you've eaten 6,000 calories, you know? (laughs) So I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this trail mix, and I'm thinking the truth of the matter is... You can only have a handful of the trail mix because if you eat the whole box, which I would be inclined to do, you know, it it starts to really pile up on you. It's too bad, though, because, you know, things like the cucumber I mentioned, that's okay to eat a whole bag of, but who wants to? Right, right. Well, I will say, you know, what I do love about cheese in general, you know, circling back to cheese month overall, it is so filling. So then you kind of do... um, fill up with less, you know, regardless of if it's parm crisps or a cheese board or any cheese. I love that it is super satiating and it is really um, a comfort food, like you said. You know, it's so important to eat things that make us happy. I have to tell you, though, I just kind of push through that satiation thing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I could eat like a whole a whole bag of what you're talking about. All right, so we have to a few minutes left. Tell us some other things that that we can do with the Parm Crisps, or is, those are the the two products that you have right now. Are the various kinds of cheese crisps and this new trail mix? So we do have three flavors of our new snack mix. We have the original, which just has the Parmesan uh, crisps in it. Um, and then we have a barbecue and a ranch. And I will say my favorite is the ranch. I'm pretty obsessed with it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, i got to say my favorite applications of baked cheese, again, that crouton replacement. We've also seen a lot of people, and I guess this goes in with tailgating season too, you know, people making burgers uh-huh. still, grabbing the last. I know I'm in Ohio, so we're getting cold weather now. People are trying to grab the last of the warm weather and grilling out when they can. Our uh, big discs Oops. of Parm Crisps are a great cheeseburger topper and add a little bit of cheese. You can actually make a cheeseburger out of them. We did this thing with a salad of, of slices of cheddar. I mean, not slices of cheddar, but slices of tomato with mm-hmm. some basil and then some crisps, and we made a big stack of it. That was pretty good. All right, what were we going to say, Tom? I uh, was uh, thinking about one matter of uh, cheese that we haven't brought up a, uh, at all, really, but it's no big deal. Some people don't care or, or know about this. But there are uh, different kinds of cheeses depending on what the fruit, uh, uh, not the fruit, the, uh, the cheeses came from different places. These are from horses. These are from... Oh, uh, sheep, cow, goats. goats. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I don't know up. about a, I don't know about a horse cheese, but anyway, yeah, a horse scratched sheep, that out. That sheep, goats, cow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and the, the 
uh, different kinds of places in the world where different uh, animals come, come from. from. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I, for one, uh, I always put that in articles that I write to, about that. Well, this is uh, goat cheese. Or, Have you done anything with goat cheese? It probably doesn't melt like you need it to, huh? Would you believe We don't have yesterday? anything in our line, but I personally love pairing goat cheese with, you know, different crackers, of course, like any kind of pita chip or anything like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. funny enough, there's about 2,000 different varieties of cheese that exist globally right oh, now. Lots of endless. Yeah, yeah. lots yeah. of Which is a good thing. And in the U.S., mozzarella, cheddar, and parmesan are the top uh, top three most popular cheeses that we use, you know, on a regular basis. I was going to ask you that. I figured that you had done, in order to create these products, I figured you had done uh, research on what the most popular cheeses were and then would have to adapt them as to their meltability and ability to then become a crisp. So uh, those are the three most popular cheeses. I can totally believe that. In what order? Mozzarella's number mm -hmm. one, cheddar's number really? two, Wait, really? number three. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, with Italian food, I love, I love putting mozzarella on pasta. Now, we don't have a mozzarella parm crisp, but we do have a cheddar parm crisp, and of course, Parmesan is... Um, I'm surprised at that. I would have thought cheddar would have been it by some gargantuan amount. Really? Yeah, huh. you know, you think the Kraft Singles kind of thing would uh, to overtake it, but yeah, mozzarella. No, I don't think Kraft Singles would ever overtake anything. I don't even, I don't care how hip the burger is. American cheese is, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm scarred from third grade when I got a cheddar, <laughs> I mean, a, an American cheese sandwich every day, but I don't see that as the number one thing. Um, do you, have you done any, uh, do you have any plans to do anything with Pepper Jack? Because I'll bet you that would be good. So we don't have anything specifically pepper jack, but we do have a jalapeno parm crisp, and it is oh, oh. just the yeah the parmesan with um, jalapeno um, pieces inside. Okay, okay, and that's that's a parm crisp mm -hmm. or cheddar. That's in the parmesan, yeah. Really? Okay. Oh, now I would have thought you would have put that in the cheddar. Is there anything in cheddar? Any any hybrid of cheddar? Right now, we only have the original cheddar or the, the cheddar uh, with no added, added flavoring on our website. But we did, uh -huh. for a limited time, do a spicy queso that was a, a variation of cheddar and a little bit of spice um, mm -hmm. that we launched in, in Walmart earlier this year. I'll bet you that's good. I'll bet you dipping that in a queso oh. would... would <laughs> what, Tom? No queso? <laughs> no, no, that's good. Yeah, uh, I mean, queso is good. Uh, yeah, well, I, I keep thinking, though, that you sort of get away from the scraps of something and move on to something you never reheard. I, uh, I think that this is a great opportunity for some serious tailgating fun, I would say, because uh, this, this sounds like absolutely great stuff, I have to say. All right. Well, thank you for calling us. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with it. Do you have anything that's on the drawing board that's coming out that we need to look for? Just look for us. Well, yeah, you know, just keep an eye out for us in stores. Um, we'll have a new line launching in Whole Foods soon for everyone to keep their eyes peeled. I can't say too much about it yet, but mm -hmm. I think you guys are going to like it. I'm sure we will because what, what's not to like about cheese in any form, including a crackery 
crunchy thing. I'm going to, seriously, I'm not kidding. I'm going to go look for these this evening because I, I don't, I do make them sometimes and I really do love crackery cheese things. They don't last very long. I love cheese straws, but okay. if somebody else is making them for me, I, I could kind of really get into that for Makes sure. Sense. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it very much, Kat. Thank you. Thank you so much See for you having me. You guys have a great cheese month. We're we're gonna we're gonna have a cheese hunt. That's what we're gonna have. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, oh gosh, who doesn't love cheese? I mean, you know, it's wonderful. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We've had a lot of guesting uh, guest conversation today, and if you would just like to talk to us, we can do that after the bottom of the hour news. We will be here to talk our usual. Uh, almanac stuff and uh, reports and things like that. So if you have a report of your own, uh, we'd love to hear it. We have our own that we can give to you and we can talk about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about pertaining to food. Mm -hmm. Tom? Thank you. Well, no, we're, I have some, I have a, an almanac thing uh -oh. or two before we, before we go off. Although I, I feel like I've I've lost my place for the almanac. Let's see. Here we are. Okay. So today, actually, you know what? I, I still can't. I still can't pull it up. I'm trying to find it, and it's just not. What is it? It's not coming. Huh? What is it? I've got my, instead of my, um, the almanac that you had, you know, I, that you do, that I, we always refer to here, what's coming up is my food uh, podcast. What? I have good news for you. Oh, what's that? All of those those <clears throat> things that we grew for years uh -huh. uh, relied on uh, a, a piece of of uh, hardware. No, no, uh, uh -huh. software. Yeah. And I could pull it out of these lists of all kinds of different. You did uh, have a lot of great lists. Yeah. Well, I had 165. You have a lot of them. A and lot of them. once I get it to that point. I get all I need to do ah. is pretty much warm it up. Okay. And uh, I have, but my computer has been oh. dead for quite Tom. a good time. But it's working. Must you whine on the radio? Hmm? Uh, today is National Seafood Chowder Day. Who? Where are who, we going for that? I was about to say, who doesn't love seafood chowder? But me, cold. I don't really like seafood chowder. I think you have to be from New England to like yeah, seafood or, yeah. chowder. That's true. I mean, it's something that New I feel England. like you have to grow up with. Like, when I'm in New England and I eat chowder, I go, eh, mm -hmm. I don't get it, you know? No, it's, it's a big, big deal. Now, chowder is, okay, so I guess you, you know what, I guess you could make, maybe it's the kind of seafood that's in chowder that I don't like, like clams. I don't, I don't get it. But, you know, if you did like a shrimp chowder with potatoes and corn, that would be really good. I'm sure somebody's done that before. Yeah, All right. Good. We have bottom of the hour news time from the Louisiana Radio Network coming up. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to us about food, we'll be back to do that right after this. <laughs> Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorington. Hurricane Delta is now a Category 4 storm, and once again it appears a major hurricane is heading towards Louisiana. National Weather Service New Orleans meteorologist Kevin Gilmore says the impacts of the storm extend beyond storm surge. Heavy rainfall leading to dangerous flash flooding, very strong winds, possibly even damaging winds near the center of the storm, even isolated tornadoes to the east of the tr track of the storm. 
The current forecast shows it weakening to a Cat 2 before the projected landfall in southeast Louisiana. 2020 has brought about multiple ongoing complex issues from COVID to job losses and political bickering, and now the stress of yet another major approaching hurricane. LSU Health New Orleans clinical psychologist Dr. Michelle Moore says we shouldn't forget that hurricanes incorporate a sense of resolution. A hurricane does pass, so there will be an end to this system that's coming through, and the worry really comes in when because we there are so many unknowns to the hurricane. LRN. Geez, Sal, you trying to give away our location? Oh, sorry, Frankie. Try walking a little lighter, like a gazelle. Uh, I forgot. Why are we dressed up in Halloween costumes again? My antlers are poking through this hat. Because, Sal, the lottery just put out the word on Halloween jumbo bucks. It's worth up to $30,000. But, Frankie, what does that have to do with us? Don't you get it? We're bucks. Thanks to the lottery, there's a $30,000 price tag on our heads. Everyone's going to be hunting for bucks this season. Play Halloween Jumbo Bucks from the lottery. Win up to $30,000. Can I at least lose the hat? It's chafing my head. <laughs> Would you rather have that head up on a wall, huh? Would you? Pick up Halloween Jumbo Bucks today. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Whoa, what was that? Tree branch. What about that? Ah, that's Mike up on the cliff. It's a full moon. <laughs> Who's there? Oh, I gotta get out of this rut. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes. I didn't hear any music coming back, so, and I, we don't usually, but anyway. Uh, 5569696 is the number. We're back for just half an hour. Tom, your words to drink by today are from Dr. Harvey Kellogg. Yeah. Who was actually a health nut and brother of the cereal magnate. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because I remember when I first started in radio, I was the producer for, uh, if anyone remembers, Ken Sasso at 5.30 in the morning on WWL. I and do. we had a guest back then who was a nutritionist. And I'll never forget, I quote him often, someone called up and asked about the nutrition of a box of cereal. And the guy said, I would rather your child eat the box. And I, I would tend to agree with that. But anyway, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg said, quote, a man that lives on pork fine flour bread, rich pies and cakes and condiments, drinks tea and coffee and uses tobacco, might as well try to fly as to be chase, chased in thought. <clears throat> I think, I'd say that works. That's about exactly what you would think, you know? Anyway, Tom, today it, it was uh, cream of wheat was rolled out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to do what? What I want to know is when they when they're gonna roll it back in. What? We roll a <laughs> pitch in a circle. Does anyone eat cream of wheat? I have to say, I know this will shock no wheat. one, but I've never eaten cream of wheat. Henry, did you ever eat cream of wheat? No, yeah. I haven't. Uh, but I've, I've had them on the show before a long time Cream of ago. wheat you've had on the show? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. You mean the people who make it? Yeah, I think basically <laughs> your story there is if you're 
<laughs> Sometimes you just can't help yourself, Henry. Go ahead. You, uh, you're really your goal. Your goal is to get some draw thing that'll tuss you out. Yeah, something like it's, that. It's uh, uh, just it's for kids. It's yeah, for well, kids. So let's see. Let's ask someone of that age. You have or have not eaten cream of wheat, Henry? I have eaten cream of mm-hmm. wheat, but I, I don't think I'd ever pick it over grits, honestly. Okay. Well, is it? I guess it's like grits. What is it? It's it's like. Cream of wheat. <laughs> it's it's very similar to grits. Creamy it's a little wheat. bit less gritty. It's it's uh, it's smooth. I, I, it's hard to describe. Uh-huh. It's it's in that same family as hot oatmeal uh-huh. or hot cereal and uh, grits. Yeah, see, oatmeal, not not the hot. If no. if I'm going to eat oatmeal, I'm going to eat it in a cookie, Ooh, or I'm delicious. going to eat it. I'm going to eat it in that granola that my daughter makes. There but um, toasted oatmeal to me is the only way to go, and certainly not. Um, you know, not not hot uh, in a soup like a porridge. It, it always reminded me of what they eat porridge. It always I reminded me of what they served um, in that Charles Dickens novel to those Wait, kids. Wait, what? <laughs> Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. Thank you. May I have some more, sir? <laughs> exactly. I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, what you have written here about cream of wheat is it was introduced today in eighteen ninety four. Three, it was a desperate effort to save a near-bankrupt flour mill in Grand Forks, North Dakota, during the financial panic of that year. Thomas Amadon, the head miller, used the middlings, the prime part of wheat grains, also called farina, to make a hot cereal that could be packaged dry and sold in stores. The owners of the mill sent a a sample of it to their broker in New York. The broker famously responded, Never mind shipping us any more of your flour, but send a car of your cream of wheat. The original logo with its cartoonish black cook was used because the printer of the label found it in a pile of old printer's plates in his plant. Cream of wheat is a bigger deal elsewhere than in New Orleans, where you're more likely to fill that space on the menu with grits. I do like grits, mainly because they're gritty, and they give you something to chew on. I don't really... My entire family of origin has a texture issue, Tom. I know you're very familiar with our texture issues, but cream of wheat would definitely fall into that category. In the Northeast, seafood chowder means clam chowder, so widely available in restaurants that with a New England sound, it's known as cup of chowder. There'll be other kinds. There's the vegetarian what chowder? Chowder. Well, that's There's, you can uh, get chowder if you live in Boston, but just about everywhere else in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. And uh, you can catch them just off the coast of uh, New York City. And well, there it is. I think my problem with chowder is the kind of seafood in it, because now that I've that's been, all I need. now that mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I Tom, I. <laughs> I realize now why this show has been on for 32 years. No, why? Because it, it makes you really start thinking about food. Like now I'm thinking about that parm crisp and I'm thinking about a, a shrimp chowder with little bits of potato and corn in a creamy base. And I'm thinking, I got to get some of that. So I guess that's why the, the show uh, has lasted as long as it has. Because people want to think about food. Well, it'll take them away from that food. <clears throat> anyway, I don't. Uh, I don't think I've ever had 
a chowder in New England that I wanted again. I don't think I ate the the seafood, but I did eat the potatoes and corn. So you could do that with anything and certainly the kind of seafood that we have here. Here in New Orleans, we don't have good clams, despite the millions of them in Lake Pontchartrain. So when we make chowder, it's usually with leftover fish and shrimp and crab meat. I, you, this is Tom writing. I like it and think it's an un, underutilized idea because it's good and contrasts with gumbo, bouillabaisse, and bisques. A chowder contains, in addition to seafood, three essential ingredients, potatoes, bacon. I forgot about bacon. Or bacon-like pork cracklings and fish stock or something like fish stock. You make yours with oyster water, which you beg from friends in the oyster business. The rest is easy. The recipe is in today's newsletter. Is it? I don't know. I don't think we did. Well, that's the place of when... New, New England. They're battling it off all the time, including the, the ones that are from New York City, Massachusetts, up into England. Yeah, and when so you find yourself in New England, you eat clam chowder at almost every meal. That's yeah, not your deal. They make it very thick. One cookbook says it should be almost as solid as mashed potatoes. Ugh. And you don't mm -hmm. go along with that. I agree with you, Tom. I agree. Nor do you like very mild seasoning that you right. would find in New England clam chowder. That or out. But I'll bet you a chowder made here would be good. Even if it was made in the style of, um, of a New England clam chowder without the clams. What is the uh, difference in Manhattan chowder? Is that a, is that a tomato base that, that makes it red? No, no. What is that that makes I have it to red? really put some thoughts into it because it's not in my list. Uh, you're, you're starting off with really a new uh, uh, Boston. That's where it all starts. And most of it stays in the various cities in uh -huh. New England. Yeah. And then they start going out to some of the farmers out there, farmers out there. Uh, you get people, uh, you know, catching lots and lots of uh, product that you can't really get very easily. And New York City. And New York City has one that is Yeah, often, it's the pink one. What, what's with that? Is that, that? Is that, is that tomato? Out, it's considered as being uh, just viable. Uh, well, no, it, I'm sure they it, really like it there, but is there tomato in it, Tom? Is that why is that makes it red or pink? It's, it's getting up mixed pink and red, I guess you could uh -huh. call it that, but it's not something you'll ever love. Yeah. It's it's just an awful product, <laughs> personally. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, maybe you just need, you, you know, like if you were in New York, you probably would like well, it because they I eat it there. It. I tried Tell you what I, I think is really is. good. I don't, I don't, particularly care for lobster because I think it's chewy. Now, yeah. in New England, in Canada, in Canada, if you get it right out of the sea, it's for some reason a little bit less chewy. But um, I, York, I, I don't necessarily need to eat lobster. However, I do like a lobster bisque. Lobster bisque is Lobsters good. are good. I we, like its color. I, I like I like the... eat club dinner, we did a lot of lobsters that way. Uh, uh -huh. Oh, you mean up in New England? Yeah. yeah. That was something. Yeah, we had that on that freezing mm -hmm. deck in Halifax. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm having like I'm having like flashbacks that are not good flashbacks from that. Let's go to Ron, the gourmet prom date. I like calling he it a prom know. date. 
Hi. Hey, how is everyone doing today? We're all good. How about you, Ron? Oh, doing well. Just finished a welding job, so uh, very happy about that. Well, I understand we were talking about Parmesan cheese. I was going to let you know two things. Number one, um, I like to put that in sauces and kind of melt it in. And then well, the other you do thing what? I like to do with it, I like to put Parmesan cheese in uh-huh. white sauces and kind of melt it in. And uh, it gives the sauce this just extra layer of, of cheesiness. Uh-huh. And a lot of people, a lot of people, when they taste it, they go, wow, what is this? And it's like, well, it's Parmesan. Yeah. And then the other thing I like to do is I take white meats, and when I'm breading them, I like to bread them with Parmesan. What I do is I go flour the first time, then I go into the egg wash, and then instead of any other kind of flour or anything, I go right into just Parmesan. And it's really well, interesting. You know what? It gives it kind of Parmesan a dark brown color. Parmesan is kind color. of great for everything, isn't it? Is there ever uh, no. an application where you can say, oh, I don't want Parmesan? Yeah, I would say it doesn't go very well with New York, uh, uh, what we were just talking oh, about. Oh, chowder? Chowder. I don't know, Tom. I'll bet you if you put some Parmesan in the I chowder, am. you might like it better. No, and it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. You know, Parmesan. Personally, you know, you know whatever you uh, think, if you have a, an opinion, please call us because yeah. uh, we are open That's what we're to, here for. Always yeah. open. All right, let's let Ron go. Go ahead, Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say is, as a general rule, I do not mix cheese with seafood, okay? That's what but Tom Parmesan, says. Parmesan, to me, is the exception to the rule. And the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is one of the items that I love Parmesan on is uh, like grilled shrimp with Parmesan dusted on at the end. Or Tom's favorite, that's why I've got him chow number 12 for the dozen, is oysters. I love a little bit of Parmesan, a little bit of white wine, some roasted garlic, uh, and uh, maybe like some rosemary. And, and, and that's how I make my, uh, my, my grilled uh, oysters. Have you ever been to Impostados, Ron? Uh, several times, yes. It's a fantastic oh. restaurant. I love it. And, and you still are of the opinion that only Parmesan mixes with seafood because at Impostados... Well, I didn't... I didn't I didn't say that, but, but it's, that, that's my rule in general, especially when I'm cooking. And when I'm, when I'm out eating, I, see, cheese, cheese covers your taste buds up, okay? Literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, cheese covers your taste buds. Yeah. And most seafood is a very delicate flavor. So uh-huh. that's, it, it's, it's kind of a texture issue with me. That's why I, I don't like a, a thick cheese with seafood because you're not going to taste seafood because the cheese mm-hmm. has coated your, your taste buds, literally. Well, I was going to say that um, if you go to Impostados and emerge saying that you don't want cheese, I mean, there are exceptions to every rule, with seafood, then I would say that um, you've not been to Impostados because on that menu is every imaginable cream, cheese, and seafood combination. And it's all spectacularly good, especially when mopped up with that Angelo's bread. Yeah, it, to, to each their own. I, if I keep me, doing I just, this show, I'm going to gain like 300 pounds. Go ahead. What, Ron? All I was saying was to each their own. I don't like, as a general rule, I don't like uh, cheese with my seafood. I love empastados. I've told you on the air, one of the best meals I ever had was actually the other family member on the North Shore, and that was Sal and Judy's. Uh-huh. No, when I used good. to sell medical good supplies, stuff. I used to entertain quite a bit. And I would take uh-huh. doctors and nurses and family out to eat. And I'll tell you what, 
when we were on the North Shore, I would ask them where they wanted to go, and it was always Sal and Judy's. It's a popular spot. Yeah, both great restaurants. Anyway, y'all have a great evening. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. you. We'll talk to you again on Monday or whenever. All right. We are going to take a break. If you want to chat with us, we're here to do that with you about food. That's all we talk about for 32 years. The number is 556-9696, and we'll be back. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the po'boy ice cream sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294-4815 Conti Street. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato. A delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousins Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Tom, you just were singing night and day. I know you love night and day. Five five six nine six nine six. Just fifteen minutes left of the show. We have had a busy show. Busy show today, and yeah. I'm glad to see that because because we like busy shows. It's the, it's, well, every th- the uh, favors of flu- food, fluid too, and uh, <laughs> and here we are, and you know you get to the point where you're a little bit doofed out, but it's okay. We all seem to like it pretty well. Yes. So and. Right here in New Orleans, America's best city. I'll stand behind that, by the way, if you want to challenge me well, as to whether New Orleans is the New Orleans best eating city in America. Well, I think Sue Zemanik, I'm getting used to saying that the other way now, Sue Zemanik, um, I think that she said it uh, best along with those people who observed it in D.C., uh, that that is the kind of place we are, where we eat, we talk about eating, and then we eat some more. Mm-hmm. And we were talking That's about that last night. Yep. Last night we ran into Ron Wildman's. <laughs> <laughs> we ran into Ron Wildman's wife or widow. He died earlier this year, which is a great pity. But um, she's doing a cookbook from the Allegro Bistro, and. Um, we were talking about that great pasta salad. I love that pasta salad. I am not a particularly big fan of pasta salads, although I do like them. And if you put them in front of me, I am certainly going to dig in. First time, this is in, goes back to my uh, my sad, sheltered, culinarily sheltered upbringing. 
where the idea of eating pasta in a salad was blasphemy. And it was only when the people in my family that were older than me started marrying people outside the family who had some other ideas than the ones that we had, um, which generally speaking, well, I would say we punished them greatly for, but that's not really true because we loved my brother's wife's gourmet additions to all of our eating. But my sister, uh, Sylvia, the one who we hear on Thursdays, married someone who um, introduced our family to pasta salad, but it was called macaroni salad. And Sylvia got married when I was um, 11. So, um, I, so I actually had an introduction to macaroni salad at that early and tender age, and it was just elbow macaroni and chunks of ham with bell pepper and onion and cheese, I think. I think that was it. And that was my, that was my bellwether of, is that the right word for that? I'll have to look it up and see. You got it. That's yeah. it. That's of, of pasta salads until one fateful day when the kids were little, and this would have been like in 1990 maybe. No, no, that's not true. It would have been like 1992 or three. And we went to an event and it was, um, it was called something croquet. It was like a croquet event. Do you remember that thing at the mince plantation on the corner of Pratt Drive and Mirabeau? And uh, it was a big, it was a, it was a fun event. I don't remember what the benefit was, but uh, everybody dressed in white, and I think Ron Wildman was the caterer of that. And that was where my eyes were open to the possibilities of what a gourmet pasta salad could be. And it was tricolor tortellini and little smoky sausages and pretty much the same kinds of things that my sister's macaroni salad had. And uh, a really good perky vinaigrette. And um, I just loved that pasta salad. And it wound up in your cookbook, Tom, which she mentioned last night. I think she, oh. <laughs> I mean, she might have been put out that you had it in the, your cookbook. But, but you gave voice to that pasta salad by having it in your cookbook. And you gave him credit for it. So I hope she wasn't put out by it. But anyway, we ran into his widow and talked a little bit to her last night. Apparently they live down in, in Chalmette and we, um, we got to see a whole bunch of people that we know who are down there. So now that we've been down to Mimi's and had this great meal, and now that my eyes have been open to the possibilities of Don Fuang Bakery, we're going to... <laughs> Really, seriously, 300 pounds on the way. Uh, last night, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I briefly considered stopping at the one Kentucky Fried Chicken that is still around, which is on Judge Perez in Chalmette. It's a big one, too. And we've talked about Kentucky Fried Chicken enough that I do want to go and have some Kentucky Fried Chicken, both original and crispy recipes, 
just to remember it for the next time we talk about it. And so I briefly considered, because we had like 20 minutes before it was our scheduled seating time last night. I briefly considered stopping in there, but I'm so glad that I didn't because of all the food that we ate. But then on the way back, we passed the Kentucky Fried Chicken again, and I didn't consider it at all because I just would have probably hurled if I had had any kind of food in the car at that point because it was just so overfilled. But you know what? We're going to have to do this once, maybe next week. We're going to go take a drive down to Chalmette and go to Don Fuang Bakery finally and Kentucky Fried Chicken in the same trip. And, uh, and that will be our... Our, um, our our source of uh, investigation. See what we do for you folks. Press down the do. I mean, it's it's, it's daunting, but we press on. Mm -hmm. Five five six nine six nine six. Tomorrow we do have Stan. I know you love that segment, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, who was I talking to last? Night? I was talking to Chuck Williams at Mimi's and I mentioned the Stan segment because he was talking about being 70. I hope he doesn't, I hope he's not upset. Oh, happy birthday, by the way, to Rayanne because it's her birthday today. But we were talking about Chuck's birthday and he and Tom are the same age, but he's about three weeks older. He's about two weeks older than Andrea, who's two weeks older than Tom. That's and right. um, yeah, and everybody, all three of those men are going to be 70 in uh, 2021. And he was talking about going to Vegas for his birthday and I said and he said he always goes to Vegas and I was talking about Stan who is now living in Vegas for the winter and I told him about the segment and he was very intrigued by it so Tom not everyone agrees with you but uh, well, I wouldn't want him to I was I was talking about the fun things that we do I'm looking forward to talking to Stan because we haven't spoken to him in like Let's see, last week we weren't here, and then the week before he wasn't there. So it's been like three weeks since we talked to him. Wait, no, two weeks. It'll be two weeks. And, um, and I'm excited because I'm still waiting to get his report on Scarpetta, which was where I sent him in Vegas. And I'm sure he's had a lot of other escapades since then. So I don't know if we have a, a guest on Friday. Of course, on Thursday we have Nicole coming up. But I'm going to start promoting the guests that we have as part of our wrap-up of the show. <clears throat> anyway, if you would, it's too late to call the show, but I would like to say that if you have uh, missed any of the show and would like to find it, you can do that. Uh, first of all, if you want to listen to the show live, we get questions about this all the time. If you want to listen to the show live, it's an easy way to do it. The quality of the sound is really, really good. You can download the Simple Radio app and put in 990 New Orleans, and you can be with us as we are doing the show. But if you miss the show, or portions of the show, you can go to uh, New Orleans Menu, N-O-M-E-N-U dot com, and that is where you can go to the food show, which is posted up there. The first thing you come to as you scroll down, the food show will tell you, uh, you know, all the different podcasts that we have up there. I'm a little bit behind because of various factors here, but just like maybe three shows behind. But if you want to recommend it to your friends, please do that because you know what? We have fun. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about cheese mm. instead of COVID, you know? 
And that's what we do. We have a little respite every day, weekdays only, uh, from two to four, where we don't talk about things that make us sad. And um, I would say make us sad and want to eat, but we do talk about things that make us want to eat because mm -hmm. I'm going to go do that after the show. But first, I'm going to ride my bike. I want to say that. So anyway, um, nomenu.com is where you'll find the podcast. It is also where you can tell your friends to have a look at the show if they would like to... Uh, you know, enjoy these two hours of COVID-free uh, thought. We have our um, newsletter. If you would like to go to nomenu.com and find out how to sign up for the newsletter, it's twice a week. It tells you who's opening. It tells you uh, what kind of specials are out there. We have updated our restaurant list. It is now 100% updated, and there are 2,200-some-odd restaurants, believe it or not, still even in COVID world. Also, we have our Instagram, at the New Orleans menu. Lots and lots of pretty pictures there. And we would love for you to follow us on Instagram. I would love for you to tune in to my own personal podcast, Emmy, E-M-M-I-E, -E, The Story Lady. And that is uh, classic children's tales that I have um, adapted and read for kids, kind of like old radio. Last but not least, we have Tim McNally coming up. He, is, uh, he does the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. We have to have him on with his new book. He has a new book, and we're going to talk to him about that. So all that stuff is coming up. We're done for the day. It's uh, time for the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow, WGSO New Orleans. Thank you, everybody. Join me, BJ Rust, every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to noon for the Something to Say radio show right here on WGSO 990 a.m. New Orleans, Louisiana. Noon that he'd instructed his representatives to stop negotiating until after he wins re-election. The president added he wants Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to focus full-time on confirming Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett. The stock market did not respond positively to that news, with the Dow dropping significantly in the final hour of trading to close 378 points lower, shaving 1.3% off the day's gains. The S&P 500 ended the day down 1.4%, and the Nasdaq Composite dropped 1.6%. And the Joint Chiefs of Staff are in quarantine after being exposed to a Coast Guard officer who'd tested positive for COVID-19. Admiral Charles Ray, Vice Commandant of the Coast Guard, tested positive for the virus on Tuesday, prompting the Joint Chiefs to quarantine at home. This is USA Radio News. This report is brought to you by the National Safety Council. At least eight people die in distracted driving crashes every single day. The National Safety Council is working to change that. This October, NSC and its partner, Truce Software, will observe the 10th anniversary of Distracted Driving Awareness Month in an effort to eliminate distractions behind the wheel. President and CEO of NSC, Lorraine M. Martin. Distraction, along with impairment and speeding, have contributed to double-digit surges in motor vehicle fatality rates during the pandemic. More people are dying on the road despite quarantine. Now, more than ever, we must keep our eyes on the road, keep ourselves, our loved ones, and others around us safe. This October, take the NSC Just Drive Pledge and commit to driving distraction-free. TheZebra.com will donate $1 for every pledge taken and match 100% of every donation made to NSC up to $5,000 until November 6th. Visit nsc.org pledge to take the pledge and learn how to keep you and your loved ones safe. The chairman of the Federal Reserve says the economy is recovering better than expected, but that progress could be easily derailed.
Jerome Powell told the National Association for Business Economics Tuesday that containing the spread of the coronavirus is a large factor in keeping the economy recovering. The recovery has progressed more quickly than generally expected. And the most recent projections by FOMC participants at our September meeting show the recovery continuing at a solid pace. The median participants saw unemployment declining to 4% and inflation reaching 2% by the end of 2023. Of course, the economy may perform better or worse than expected. The outlook remains highly uncertain, in part because it depends on controlling the spread and effects of the virus. Florida voters will get more time to register after the state's voter registration website crashed at the deadline. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said heavier-than-expected traffic around Monday's deadline crashed the site, so voters will have until 7 p.m. Tuesday to register online or in person at election, motor vehicle, and tax collector's offices. This is USA Radio News. Jimmy Setchum, who is the executive chef at Broussard's Restaurant. We just rolled out a new happy hour menu. Very French-inspired, small plates, some crab and corn beignets, mandouille gougères, palms d'oeuvre. Mandouille gougères? Yeah. Mandouille, gruyere cheese, pot of choux dough, fried up, actually, instead of baked, so they get that nice crispy outside and fluffy yeah. interior. You get the cheese all melty. Doing some petite sandwiches as well. Make it very kind of French street-inspired. We're doing a mini croque monsieur, mini grilled cheese, little Cajun sliders. Broussard's Restaurant, 819 Conti in the heart of the French Quarter. Hi, this is Kate Delaney from America Tonight. The show kicks on at midnight, and I'm loving the overwhelming support in New Orleans. What a group of fantastic listeners here on WGSO 990 AM. Join me every morning to catch up on what I call the buzz in your backyard and mine. You'll hear some of the most interesting people on the planet from the world of business, politics, sports, and, well, just intriguing people with a story to tell. If you're around, give us a call. Don't worry, I'll spit out the number plenty of times on the air. Let's agree to meet at midnight right here on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans. Some clouds tonight and dry, mostly outside of an isolated shower and more sunshine coming in tomorrow. 60 to 70 in the morning goes to high of low 80s with a possible shower. Likely things are going downhill Thursday and Friday with the uh, approaching Hurricane Delta, which could be a cat too as it approaches somewhere in the Louisiana Gulf Coast. Late in the week, potential development to a cat four possibility with those warm waters of the central Gulf of Mexico over the next 24, 48 hours. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair with more than 150 vendors selling antiques, vintage, retro, collectibles, art, and crafts. There will also be live entertainment and food and drinks along the way. As you stroll along, browse, and shop 1st, 2nd, and Erlanger Streets, Old Town Slidell. At the annual Slidell Falls Street Fair, Saturday, Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Visit slidellantiques.com. 